0: Please call the
1: next case. Case number two one eight two from the District of Western Missouri, Albert Collins Jr. versus Kansas City, Missouri Public School District.
2: Good morning. May I please the court, Mr. Gray? Thank you, Your Honor. Gerald Gray here on behalf of the appellant, Mr. Uh, Albert Collins. And uh, we're seeking relief from the court here today to reverse summary judgment uh, in this matter that was granted by the uh, district court. It is our belief that the uh, district court granted summary judgment, um, first off, by holding Mr. Collins to a different standard uh, than any of his colleagues. Um, And when we say colleagues, we are not talking about the handful of individuals who... um, KCPs first acknowledged were involved in the attendance fraud. Uh, we're talking about his colleagues and uh, in, in those individuals.
0: Now the four were the, the four were offered. Res- you can resign or be terminated. And, and they, that that is that included White.
2: Well, and you say employees, Your honor, those were also uh, cabinet members which were uh, super, uh, uh, assistant superintendents uh, uh, department heads. Uh, Mr. Collins, supervisor no employees, um, was a low level employee and there's nothing in the record that indicates that he was that he uh, nor the other low level employee who was also a, a, a African American female and a, a secretary was offered those opportunities, John
0: you You broadly assert that only the only two employees who were fired were black, and my I, I, these four included whites, and are you are you saying that the a, a, an offer of resign or be terminated is not the same as termination
2: well you, 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 I, I'm not saying that the offer of the, the, first off there's no evidence that those individuals were offered an ultimatum. Some of those individuals were actually gone by the time the and attendance slide was reported. No, wait,
0: wait, is that a disputed fact or not? That these other individuals... It's presented in the briefs as, as undisputed or established.
2: Well, Your Honor, and, and uh, I, I would say that that is... Um, well, I would still distinguish it, Your Honor, whether it's a, a, a dispute of fact or not. We don't hold that as the same, number one, because, again, Mr. Collins was a low-level employee, uh, and, and he was not given an uh, ultimatum. I, I think that uh, resigning uh, or an opportunity to resign, number one, is con- uh, considerably different than a termination, Um I I mean, you got
0: any authority for that because it's completely counterintuitive to me
2: to to resign to have an opportunity to resign or 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 give an ultimatum. Four
0: four employees are are the the employer concludes four employees have been engaged in wrongdoing. Well, seven, uh, we're talking about the four now that you you were talking about. Well, and and Wait, wait, just let me finish four employees. Three whites and a black are told we've considered we consider, you've you've committed terminable offenses. Either resign or we'll terminate you. And three of them, the three whites, resign, and the, the black is terminated because he won't resign. Are you saying that that's, those are not the same? Well,
2: and uh, I'm 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 saying that that's not the same, and I'm also saying that that's not the facts of this case, Sean. That's that's not. Accurate because what's
0: in, what's inaccurate?
2: Uh, well, Your Honor, we don't know that there were actually seven employees, two black and and two and the two blacks who were also non-management. The other individuals who were uh, and who were originally alleged to have engaged in the attendance fraud were of uh, various races, none of them being African American. Uh, and it's alleged that they ranged from Hispanic uh, to white. However, again, uh, none of these individuals. Uh, there's there's no evidence that these these individuals were given an ultimatum all of these individuals resigned uh, or were gone uh, from the district none of these indivi- none of these individuals uh, to our knowledge were with the district when mr. Collins and miss uh, miss uh, Collier were uh, were terminated and the other distinction your honor is that the district later concludes that there's th- this this uh attendance fraud was was indeed a district wide thing it, it was uh it was done by every secretary uh, every school however uh, the premise of that is hey these other individuals who did it uh, but were not fired did it uh unbeknownst to uh to the fact that it was wrong they based their uh, erroneous information on some uh some <laughs> some District employee who had a, a misinterpretation from some other district. Uh, that, that
0: why, why isn't that relevant to legitimate reasons?
2: Well, because if, if if that's the case, then why not apply it to Mr. Collins? He's he fits those because that, he
0: because he did it at home on his own and exercised discretion.
2: Well, and, and and those same other individuals did exercise discretion, and there's no evidence that they did not, Your Honor. That's the that's the issue here. That that the uh that the uh, the finding that these other individuals did not do it in the same manner that Mr. Collins uh is a uh is a is a disputed fact. There's no evidence that shows that any of these other individuals did not do it at home, or that any of these other individuals uh, did not uh, 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 exercise the discretion. In fact, uh, these same individuals who uh ex- who uh, executed these um uh after Davids previously stated that there were no other individuals. They they stated that there was only seven individuals, Mr. Collins included, and no one else. They, they they didn't go on and, and and change after the evidence is presented that it's more widespread and say, oh well yes, there it was other individuals. It was district wide. However, none of these other individuals should be held accountable because they didn't do it, they they didn't exercise the discretion. What about about the uh, secretaries?
0: My understanding is they went to the attendance parties, that they were participating somewhat in the scheme at work, but that most of them were black and none of them were terminated.
2: Well, Miss Miss Collier, uh, the, the she's a secretary. She was a secretary. She was terminated. Oh, she was okay. She was a secretary. That's the that's the point. I mean, so she's a secretary. That's her. But role. most of them weren't, right? Well, I mean- no, there is no evidence that any of them also uh, uh, participated and, and provided information in regards to the uh, the wrongdoing from the district. This all stems from the disclosure by Mr. Collins and Miss Collier. It's it's not hey they they did anything wrong. It's the fact that they brought forward information that that implicated everyone in the district, and the district had to acknowledge that, and therefore that is why they were terminated because of their uh, their uh, um, participation uh, and uh, 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 the information that they provided in exposing the the widespread uh, nature of the uh, attendance fraud, your honor. And, and that's what the evidence suggests. I mean, it, it, it be, we wouldn't even be here, Your Honor, if, if the district said, hey, every single secretary had to be fired, every single principal had to be fired. If, if, they, if they did a clean sweep, we wouldn't be here, Your Honor. We wouldn't have any basis. However, uh, uh, the, the district somehow is trying to make some sort of distinction between Mr. Collins' behavior, uh, Ms. Uh, Laquan Collins' behavior, uh, who is a secretary, who they said none of, none of them were fired. And, and so that argument is one hundred percent false. Uh, but the evidence clearly shows that those in the, those are are the two individuals who were uh, in that, who were uh, interviewed multiple times, provided information regarding the nature of the uh, attendance fraud and, and how widespread it was.
0: Well, while we're on that, what 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 is the uh, it, explain the uh, the protected activity with regard. Respecting the retaliation
2: plan. So, so and, and that's another thing, Your Honor. So, so the argument is, Mr. Collins, who uh, has no uh, legal legal background, no information whatsoever, uh, gets fired. And uh, what
0: was the protected activity? I got but, from the brief, it was it was disclosing information. Disclosing information. you bouncing it, around is, what was. And, it? And, and, I,
2: and my apologies, Your Honor. So, so just to be clear, the protected activity was providing information in regards to. Uh, his witnessing another his former supervisor when
0: when and to whom
2: so so this was in uh, February this this was when Mr uh, Collins was first suspended uh, from his employment uh, in February of 2019 after Mr uh, uh, Sam Johnson his former supervisor had uh, reported the attendance fraud using information that he had uh, received from Mr Collins Mr Collins was called in by uh, HR directors. And question about Mr. Uh, Johnson's uh, claims and lawsuit, and Mr. Cl- uh, Johnson's claim that the the, the uh, district argues Mr. Johnson never alleged uh, discrimination. However, his his complaint alleged retaliation forty one times, and uh, he made numerous complaints. And Mr. Uh, and Mr. Collins stated uh, in his testimony even that um, that. When he was interviewed he was pro- he provided the district information about how mr. Johnson was discriminated and retaliated against and also provided examples of how he himself was also treated in a similar manner the, the I district
0: thought, I thought from your brief that protected activity was that uh, Collins provided Johnson with documentation.
2: That's the, no, no, Your Honor, that's not just, that's not, that's, that's how this, the whole thing started. But the brief also indicates that Mr. Johnson, that Mr. Collins, uh, when he was interviewed by, uh, district leadership, that, uh, he provided information about Mr. Johnson's claims of discrimination and retaliation. They did not address that. They said, oh, he didn't check the box. He didn't state these in, these things. How, by, but his, uh, but his charge stated a former employee, district, uh, district employee sued and because of information I possessed, I was terminated. So therefore, uh, if if you it, they may say, hey, they had no knowledge of, uh, and, and I apologize because I'm in my rebuttal time, but but the the district is going to argue, well, uh, he didn't check the box. So therefore, um, they did they didn't have any notice of the claims. However, that's untrue because if Mr. Uh, Johnson's lawsuit, which was already pending at the time, uh, states that um, that. He was retaliated against, and gives uh, clear-cut examples. Then they can't say, "Well, we didn't know what what the allegations or what the information was that uh, that Mr. Collins had." Because number one, they had already questioned him about it, and number two is is spelled out in a lawsuit that they were already defending. So uh, that's that's our point, Your Honor. And uh,
3: Mr. Gray, I have a couple of questions if you don't mind. Short. Yeah, absolutely. Questions. First is you you indicate that you think that some of the declarations that were in the Record were shams. Yes, sir. Why is that? What what testimony prior testimony did they contradict? So 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 this uh, uh, the
2: uh, Dr. Collier, who's now the su- the superintendent of the district, and at the time was the head of HR, provided deposition testimony and trial testimony in a companion case, Your Honor, uh, where she stated uh, repeatedly. There was only seven employees involved in the in the uh, attendance fraud. No one else, no other secretaries, nor the principal. She was a principal at the time that some of this attendance fraud took place. No, no, it was it was it was not done. However, the
3: case you could use that as a as, as a. Impeachment? Well, I, I don't know that's a sham declaration. Well, Your Honor, and, and, and it's the contradiction. not contra- the same case. Well, but, but the contradiction, Your Honor, is, is the point that we're using, Your Honor. So I understand the, that. Okay. So, a, just, I don't want to interrupt you. I, no, I, and I apologize. I, I just mind. want to
2: make it clear that the contradiction and uh, inconsistencies in our testimony themselves create a, a genuine issue of material fact because if she's previously stating on num- and testifying on numerous occasions that there were only seven individuals and now uh, changes her declaration and says, well, yes, it was uh, more than these seven. It was a district wide uh, issue. However, Mr. Collins uh, should be treated differently than uh, all of those other employees because he somehow used his discretion when uh, some of these other ones did it. Uh, there's no information there's no evidence to support that. Okay. Uh, One more question. Yes sir.
3: The, the lawsuit that Mr. Johnson brought was that based on race? It was I I I don't re- Is that the complaint? I I believe that his that it was based, I I, be, I know
2: that he had made some uh race and sex claims in his uh in his Ma- lawsuit from my is that in the appendix of page
3: fourteen ninety four? Is y- that the one? Yes, That's your honor. Ar- ar- okay, thank you. Yes, your Thank ar- ar- you, brother. Thank much. you.
2: Thank you.
0: Mr. Harris.
1: Good morning. May I please the court? My name is Charlie James Harris Jr. I represent Kansas City, Missouri Public School District. Um. Obviously, to state, uh, to state the obvious, um, I want this court to um, affirm the summary judgment motion. I wish I could sit down after that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Let me um, start by just um, sort of putting some things in context. Um, I will remind the court that Mr. Gray's responsive brief was stricken because it was not filed in time. So to the extent that we've heard arguments here today that were not in any briefing, I would ask the court to acknowledge that and dismiss those summarily, because you cannot speak
0: up a little, please.
1: I would ask that the court, I would ask that the court summarily dismiss those arguments that were just made that did not appear in any place else. His responsive brief was stricken. And so, to the extent that there are arguments that were made that are not in that, I would ask that you would acknowledge that. Um, I okay. want to turn to a couple of.
0: What, what brief where? I'm sorry. Um, uh, this, this blue brief wasn't, wasn't stricken. What was stricken?
1: His responsive brief.
0: Are you talking about the reply brief?
1: His reply other? brief. It was not timely. Okay. I'm going to clear up a couple of things if I can. Um, in no particular order. As it relates to the retaliation claim, our position is, and Judge Fenner agreed that there is no protected activity. And the reason why there's not protected activity is the one thing that no plaintiff or defendant can run away from, and that's their own testimony. Mr. Collins testified under oath in his deposition that the investigation had nothing to do with race, nothing to do with retaliation, and nothing to do with age. Those were his original claims. Therefore, it couldn't be protected activity. Moreover, as it relates to the investigation if you take a look at his charge of discrimination, what Mr. Collins says as it relates to retaliation um, is that there was a lawsuit that was filed. I was named as a as a witness, and presumably, what he's trying to say is because I helped him out and I was involved in that, then therefore that's protected activity. However, even a cursory review of the of the um, record blows that out of the water. Why? Because the lawsuit that was just discussed wasn't filed until March of 2020. That's four months after Mr. Collins was terminated so it couldn't be protective activity that was contemporaneous. That's impossible. Secondly, as it relates to the fraud, there's a, a distinction with a difference here. I keep hearing that there's seven people. There's seven people. And Judge Loken um, got right to the point in that we're really talking about four people here. And the fact of the matter is, rather than go through and talk about the inaccuracy of what's in the record, I would just stand on our briefing. Um, You asked a question as to whether something was disputed or not the fact of the matter is it is undisputed you can't go back on it rule 56 is rule 56 and so when asked specifically i didn't hear that yes or no i'll tell you it's in the record these are undisputed facts and there's no running away from that the fact of the matter is that Mr. Collins was involved in something very different than these folks at the BOE um, attendance party. What I think Mr. Collins wants is for this court to substitute its own judgment act as a super personnel department and overlook the fact that we hired third-party investigators to take a look at these allegations. There's a big difference, as Judge Fenner pointed out, between the two. Mr. Collins and the other three people were engaged in willful fraud. They were on personal computers at night, away from the building, disseminating student information at their own discretion and changing them. And and one thing to always remember is as they change these. They went to a certain point. They had a scheme. That scheme was when we get to 90%, we stop. And they did. It's in the record. It's undisputed. They simply stopped. That is not what happened at the BOE. A individual from um, the management found out, or t- believe they found out, that the district had gone about it wrong. That the late needed to be tardies. Now the significance of that means that um, your numbers as it works for accreditation are better, right? Because you have more kids that are in school. They found out that the Raytown district had done it a certain way and so they called everyone in, well publicized and said, come on in here and let's change all the L's to T's. There's no discretion there. If you had a late under their belief that you could turn it to a T, they did. That was the party. That is wholly different. And once they found out that that was inaccurate, and it was done at the behest of someone in ma- in management, for lack of a better term, then the decision was made that nobody was terminated. So when he says "Mr. Co- Ms. Ms. Collins, who incidentally is not a plaintiff in this case, when he says Ms. Collins wasn't fired, right, well, she wasn't fired and neither were the 85% of not the people that I were black.
0: Miss Collier.
1: Uh, Collier, I'm sorry. Not Dr. Collier. I've got a Collins, a Great. Collier, and a Collier. Um, <laughs> um, and so, the point I'm trying to make is this is a distinction with a difference. This is not done at the dead of night. It's not emails that you've seen in the record. Bro, how much further we got to go. Good job they're actually laughing about it. Now when you talk about what goes on the BOE, I think we've got to remember something here is that Mr. Collins the plaintiff if you will has sort of taken a novel approach to this case. It is his burden of persuasion. His burden of persuasion. So this notion that they haven't proven X. They haven't proven why it is his. It has always been that the Eighth Circuit. It's that way in every circuit in America, and it's that way in the United States Supreme Court. The issue's not our burden; it's his burden of persuasion. So when he says that, uh, talking about the BOE, well, the problem with that is there's nothing in the record about that. There's nothing in the record to suggest. That someone was there and the same discretion was used. Nothing. And so to make a bald assertion and say because I said so is improper. As it relates to the sham affidavits, I want to touch on that for just a little bit. That argument was never made below. The argument below was simply that it was hearsay. And we briefed that. I don't want to to over... Do that, but those declarations come in for for for, for no other reason that the Circuit has been very clear about this. When you're talking about a termination, the subjective intent of the employer is critical. Um, in 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 um, Garner versus Missouri Department of Mental Health, that's four thirty nine Fed Third nine fifty eight. Um, the quote is evidence. Was hearsay, wasn't it? I'm sorry.
3: I think his objection was it was hearsay.
1: Yes, but you had asked about, yes.
3: Or, or not firsthand.
1: But there's a difference between a sham affidavit, right? Yeah, yeah
3: that's a totally different. Yes, and oh, so when we're talking about
1: sham affidavit, my point is, let's don't talk about it. It wasn't brought up before. If we'd like to talk about hearsay, let's do that. The Eighth Circuit is very clear, and some members here of this panel have actually sat in on those cases where affidavits are used to show their subjective intent. Um, and so that notion alone allows us to come in. Also what I think is, is um, telling is that Mr. Collins continues to use hearsay, what he would um, identify as hearsay evidence, whether it be declarations, whether it be transcripts, when he wants to. If it's hearsay, it's hearsay. If it's not, it's not. Let me give you a couple of quick examples. Our position on a motion to strike is the um, transcripts from depositions, the transcripts from trials, should have never come in. They should have never come in. The reason being is quite simple. We asked in discovery a number of unambiguous requests. Who are your witnesses? What documents do you have? What are you going to rely on? We get radio silence. Then when we get to the summary Judgment stage, now we're looking at transcripts from trials from witnesses and so forth. There is no law that suggests that we need to be clairvoyant. If for nothing else, under Rule 26, he had an obligation, but he didn't. And so we're stuck with the court is stuck with looking at thousands of pages with no reference as to where to look to support a number of bald assertions. And in our briefing it's clear we've shown where when he talks about there have been things that are said um, and then they're contrary later on. That's not the case and nor, nor is that the standard. As it relates to the race claim and similarly situated. Um, counsel made an interesting point. As, as we all know, one of the most important things about this is that he must show that people are similarly situated in all relevant respects. Um, he makes a distinction in his argument that Mr. Collins and Miss Collier, the two black plaintiffs, are different. Why? Because they're low level and the other people the white male and the white hispanic uh, the white male and the hispanic male are high level that's his distinction so by his argument they're not similarly situated that's his argument not mine he's roped himself into that he can't take it back so he's essentially told you they're not similarly situated we know that Mr. Bishop's not similarly situated because he didn't have the same job, the same uh, responsibilities, they didn't work in the same department, and the, the, the employer determined that he, that he was not involved in the same behavior. Moreover, in the deposition, Mr. Collins was asked, how do you know Mr. Bishop was um, involved in the same thing? He admitted on the record, and it's in our briefing, I don't know, I can't say that he ever changed any records. I can't say that he was ever tasked with or actually uh, changed any records. In fact, Mr. Collins testified under oath, he didn't even know why Mr. Um, Bishop was even brought back. The circumstances of his leaving were brought back. Those are not the hallmarks of similarly situated. And the case falls apart if you cannot show that you're similarly situated in all relevant respects. I've got 144 left, and so I'll be as quick as, as I can be. Uh, there's one other claim here, the whistleblower retaliation claim that wasn't discussed, and I'll be brief again, 130. Um I don't want to repeat what we said in the brief, but I think it's important to get this on on the quote-unquote record, is that there's a statutory carve-out for people like Mr. Collier. That is, you cannot come in and allegedly complain about the very thing that you were involved in, the illegal activity, and call yourself a whistleblower. There's no running around that. That's the statute, and there's a case that we cited to it. Tellingly, there was no pushback in that. Um, also, important about that is when he says, when counsel says, you know, they were fired because they came forth. Let's be clear about something here. They didn't come forth, they were summoned after, in January 2019, Mr. Collins' own testimony, in January 2019, the school district found out about Mr. Collins' involvement. He knew, according to his own testimony, in 2018, I'd done something wrong. He didn't come forth. He didn't come forth from 2019. He came forth after we summoned him down to the office and said, Look, we found out that you were involved in this. That's not whistleblowing. That's not disclosure. Disclosure is not telling us something that we already knew. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you, counsel.
2: Thank you, Your Honor. I'll uh, be brief. I'll try to hit on a few things and I'm going to try to go uh, backwards. They said Mr. Collins can't be a whistleblower because he did not come forward and report anything. That's in, that's inaccurate. Uh, Mr. Collins, when asked, when, when he was notified, hey, uh, there was a report by Mr. Johnson, uh, which was used uh, by documents that Mr. Collins had provided to Mr. Johnson, uh, and he was asked about these allegations by Mr. Johnson again Mr. Collins stated these are Mr. Uh, Mr. Johnson's claims this is what he's alleging and uh, this was a district wide thing in fact Uh, Ms. Overton, who was uh, a head HR employee uh, who provided a declaration, her own testimony stated that the reason that the investigation was outsourced was based on information that Mr. Collins provided about how widespread that the, uh, uh, the, uh, the attendance fraud reached. So that's a disclosure. They had no idea. Uh, how widespread that the attendance fraud was. That's information that Mr. Collins provided. Uh, he provided names. He provided information about that. Uh, he provided information about Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Johnson's claims. And then uh, they they try to argue that uh, their, uh, the individuals were not similarly situated. Uh, Ms. Dr. Co- Dr. Collier. I'm sorry. Trying to make sure I keep the names straight. Dr. Collier was the head of HR. Uh, and only reported to the superintendent at the time, and now she is the superintendent, by the way, but she made all the decisions about uh, about the uh, the employees who were still there by the way, uh, which is miss uh, uh, miss Collier and mr. Collins. Uh, so they argue. That uh, these individuals were not similarly situated, therefore, uh, any me too arguments or, or comparator.
0: Uh, you need to wrap it up, counsel. Yes, oh, I'm sorry.
2: Claims are, are it, I'll, I'll be brief. Are not the same, but in Sprint, uh, it states that the uh, relevant I'll issues. i conclude. I'm sorry. Thank you, Your honor. Uh, no, I so
0: mean, you know you can you can do a sum up, but don't don't just continue.
2: Under understood. So, in summary, Your Honor, these individuals were similarly situated. Uh, case law, uh, Supreme Court case, uh, indicates that that is the case. And uh, Miss Collier uh, was terminated, by the way, uh, for going to the BOE. Which uh, the KCPs alleges that these individuals were not terminated for going to the BOE. Uh, there's so many inconsistencies that there's clearly a, a genuine issue of material fact that should go to a jury. Thank you, Your
0: Honor. Thank you, Council. The case has been thoroughly briefed and argued, and we will take it under advisement.